Welcome back to Living Richer. As always, I'm your host, Mark Shimkovitz, and here we are at the beginning of a new year. January 1st is when I'm recording this. And, you know, as we move into a new year, it's a tradition for a lot of people to have some New Year's resolutions. But instead of sort of hauling out those familiar resolutions like eating less and exercising more, how about focusing on something that's also very good for you in the long run? And I'm talking about your financial plan. So instead of resolutions for your physical health, let's take a look at upgrading your fiscal health. So I got together with my team at Living Richer Wealth Management and we decided to dedicate this episode to giving you insight into the top things we've seen as having the greatest impact on people's financial lives. And with the start of a new year, it's a great time to review your plan and make whatever revisions might make the most sense for you. With that in mind, here are 10 suggested resolutions that if you follow, will go a long way towards helping to ensure your later years are financially secure. And, and as a, an aside, this episode will also be available as a blog post on my website, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Now, let's put 2020 hindsight behind us. That didn't work out very well. Anyways, let's get started. Welcome to Living Richer with Mark Shimkovitz, Vice President at Raymond James Private Client Group, one of Canada's largest independent investment firms. In this podcast, he'll share with you the things you need to know and things you need to do to build a smart financial plan. Follow along with Mark and learn how to invest wisely, avoid financial mistakes, and navigate life's curveballs without fear. Now, let's get started. As I mentioned, today's episode is about 10 New Year's resolutions for 2021, but really these are things that you can and probably should be doing at any point, um, at every point along the way, I should say. But the first one, and this is getting your balance sheet in order, really does jive well with a January 1st start. So using that January 1st effective date, update your personal balance sheet. Take a look at your assets and liabilities. You should already have an idea, if you've put a plan together, to know where you should be at various points along the way in order to reach your financial goals. And if you don't, that's certainly something that you want to take a look at. Uh, either way, it's kind of a scorecard and everything else really does proceed from this. So take your time, take some time to bring these numbers all up to date. Number two, review your budget and spending habits. There's no question that 2020 was a year that threw us all for a loop. And for a lot of people, that meant changes to both money in and money out. And if you managed to stay within your means, congrats. It was a year where your income may have gone down or stopped. And how did you deal with that? If it meant dipping into an emergency fund, do you have plans to build that back up? I am hearing from a lot of people that the COVID pandemic has actually resulted in a reduction in spending. And, and if it did for you, as it did for us, that's fantastic. But if you went off track, was it something that was fundamental, which is going to stay with you for some period of time uh, in terms of your income and expenses? Did you start retirement earlier than expected? There are so many things that we can all take away from this past year that can help us better prioritize our spending and savings strategies going forward. So going through that sort of deep dive on your cash flow will better help you plan for 2021 and beyond. The third one is review the ownership of your accounts. Account ownership 
often occurs haphazardly and, and an individual might open up a bank or a brokerage account and then meet Mr. and Mrs. Wright. They live together, they get married and down the line there's a problem. If one partner dies um, and that bank account is still titled in the other person's name, those assets can't readily be accessed by the survivor. So the solution may be as straightforward as changing to joint accounts, but it's not always that simple. In fact, Ownership has implications across a wide range of estate planning issues, as well as other situations such as special needs qualifications and borrowing power. Just to mention a couple, account ownership is more than just using the right form. It can also be a tool for estate planning. So review account ownership and determine if it's still the arrangement you want. So number four Designate and update your beneficiaries. If you don't correctly document and update your beneficiary designations, who gets what might be determined not by your wishes, but by federal or provincial law or by the default plan document used in your retirement accounts. When was the last time you updated your beneficiary designations? Has something changed in your life? Divorce, remarriage, birth, a death, that all those things might necessitate changing your beneficiaries. You should review and update beneficiary information on items such as wills, life insurance, annuities, RSPs, RIFs, TFSAs, the list goes on. You want to make sure that the assets end up where you want. Have you provided for the possibility that a primary beneficiary might die, beneficiary might die before you? Have you provided for simultaneous death of you and a spouse? You need a good estate planner to walk through the various scenarios with you. Number five, evaluate your cash holdings. So this is specifically about your emergency fund. Everyone should have a certain amount of assets, and I, and I suggest six months worth of cash set aside that can quickly and easily be accessed. I mean, think about where your reserve cash is located. Having cash on hand means having one less thing to worry about when the unexpected does happen. And geez, looking back at 2020, to call that unexpected would be a massive understatement. Having the cash in an emergency fund means that if you do find yourself in a situation like a medical emergency or, or an out-of-the-blue home repair or losing a job, you won't have to worry about how you're going to manage your expenses and it won't mean going into debt to cover your costs. Number six, revisit your portfolio's asset allocation. And here, what I'm really talking about is risk. If you follow the markets closely, which by the way, I always recommend that you don't, then you're going to recall how much the markets went down in February and March of 2020, just as the pandemic was starting to hit the news. From that point onwards, we saw a major bounce back. A lot of people panicked in the late winter and sold investments when it fell. It was, as it turned out, short term. And since we can't time the markets, we never take short-term bets. In fact, if you were spooked by the decline, you should know that many investment professionals believe that this sort of market volatility, well, it's here to stay. So if you're comfortable with the level of risk of your portfolio, that's great, but risk tolerance isn't static. It changes based on your net worth, your age, your income needs, financial goals, a lot of other considerations. And as much as I and other wealth managers might say, don't look at your investments from day to day, you're the one who needs to be comfortable with it. It may be that the market gyrations have sort of made you determined to lower your level of risk. 
It also may be that your current asset allocation and the resulting risk profile are just fine, but you want to make informed decisions here. Review your holdings and your overall asset allocation, and that's money that you've got in cash, fixed income, and stocks, and make whatever adjustments are indicated. Number seven, if you're within, I'd say, 10 years of retirement, or if you're already in retirement, you should evaluate your sources of retirement income. Most retirees have, you know, several sources of income, Canada pension plan, old age security, employer sponsored pension plans, retirement portfolios, rental properties, notes, inheritances. Everybody's picture is different. Think about how secure each of those sources are. Can you really count on that inheritance? Are there likely to be vacancies in your rental properties that could interrupt your cash flow? And are those notes receivable that you may have? Are they backed up by collateral? The point is that you have to know which income sources are reliable and which ones are less certain and how much your total income in each category represents. Um, If you've got too much retirement income from sources that are considered to be less solid, it might be time to reposition your assets. Number eight, look for ways to minimize the tax on your investments. But before I get started, I just want to remind you one thing. I am not an accountant, so any tax-oriented strategies should definitely be reviewed with your tax specialist to make sure that it makes sense for you. But to start with, areas that you want to look at are, of course, government-registered accounts like RSPs, tax-free savings accounts, pensions, RESPs, RIFs. They all play an important role when it comes to keeping your taxes low. Which ones you use depends on a lot of things, and your financial advisor can certainly help you sort that out. Make sure you understand how different types of investments are taxed. Capital gains, interest income, dividends, they're all dealt with differently, and knowing those differences can make a significant impact on your after-tax returns. Remember, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Strategies like tax loss selling and donating investments that have capital gains to charity are also great ways to reduce your taxes. But tax rules are complex, so be sure to get proper guidance. Number nine, check to see if your overall retirement plan's on track. There's no question this past year has derailed some people's retirement plans or possibly delayed things. The important thing is to respond and determine promptly and realistically what changes might be needed. In evaluating your current state uh, of your plan, don't fixate solely on a number. You know, we'll be fine when we get our retirement portfolio to X dollars. That just isn't the way retirement works anymore, if, if it ever did in fact. You need to drill down into what types of assets you have, what your cash flow situation is going to be, what contingency plans you have, what rate of return you're assuming, inflation, um, how long you're planning for, and all these other important details in order to achieve a successful retirement. The truth is that retirement has a lot of moving parts. Um, And they all have to be monitored and managed on an ongoing basis. So don't be afraid to seek professional financial advice to make sure that you're on track. Number 10, make the commitment. Start to make the indicated changes. By now, you should have a pretty good idea of where you stand, what your cash flow situation is, including whether you're saving enough or not. 
what your retirement income picture looks like and where the shortfalls and other challenges are. Do you need to adjust your RSP contributions? Does it make sense to convert your RSP to a RIF before age 71? If you're already withdrawing for, from a RIF and, and you're taking just the minimum amount required, you'll know that no taxes are withheld on your payments. However, it is a taxable income. And if you find it difficult coming up with the funds to pay the tax, well, maybe you should speak to your financial advisor about adjusting withholding tax. They can do that. They can hold back taxes so you're not getting hit with a, a tax bill you know, at an unexpected time. And it could make things a lot easier for you. Look, financial planning isn't a one-time deal. It's not something where you can say, set it and forget it. So I'm going to give you an 11th bonus resolution, and that's set up a regular review schedule with your advisor. Your advisor's got incredibly specialized tools. They've got the impartiality and the experience that they've earned in dealing through with many market cycles and uh, different client situations. So it's vital that you communicate fully with your advisor, telling him or her not only what's happening in your life today, but what's likely to happen or might happen in the future. Are you going to move, change jobs? Do you have kids that are coming up to university age? Face the possibility, perhaps, of a significant medical expense, if that's something that's going to impact you. Plans should always be forward-looking. Advisors can't help you manage what they don't know. So you know what? Err on the side of over-communicating. Establish a regular schedule for getting together and reviewing your portfolio, your financial and retirement plans, and what's happening in your life. And that's it. There are my 10 or I guess 11 New Year's resolutions. I know that I'm really looking forward to, uh, to an exciting year. And despite all the craziness in 2020, we marked the completion of our, I can't believe this, our 26th year in helping Canadians coast to coast with their wealth management needs. You know, we've had the privilege of starting to work with a lot of great new clients and also continuing to work with people who become more than just clients. They're now friends. I'm looking forward to meeting new people in 2021 as we've already started to do through this podcast. We've got a lot of interesting things planned for the uh, new year. And by the way, if you want to make sure that you're kept up to date with everything that's going on, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. You can do that through our website and I will definitely have a link to that in the show notes. Um, search for me, by the way, on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter if we're not already connected there because I put out a lot of really good information, or at least I think so. <laughs> um, and if you haven't already done so, please be sure to click the subscribe button for the podcast so that you're assured to get them into your inbox right away. And lastly, I want to wish you all the best in the new year and to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the positive feedback and support that we've had with this podcast also on our new new website our newsletter and everything else that we've been doing it really does mean so much to me and our team thanks for listening and i'll see you next time on living richer information in this podcast is from sources believed to be reliable however we cannot represent that it is accurate or complete it is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell securities raymond james advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters the views are those of mark chimpovitz not necessarily those of raymond james limited investors considering any investment should consult with their investment advisor to ensure that it is suitable for the investor's circumstances and risk tolerance before making any investment
investment decision. Securities-related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian Investor Protection.